welcome, welcome. Another day, another episode. I'm really enjoying this. Trust me, I am really enjoying this. Back to back. I'm all charged up. I'm kind of lost with track and time, uh, day and time, lost track of day and time. I don't know where I am, what day it is, what time it is. I'm just like doing it back to back because I love this. So many great artists and so many shows coming up this year, especially before we wrap up the year 2022. That's right. A lot of great shows coming up. So I'm trying to feature as many artists as possible. Uh, welcome to the show. This is something like that with Nav. Uh, my name is Nav, of course, and uh, this is a podcast that features all the Malaysian uh, artists, uh, musicians, bands, uh, anybody from the arts and entertainment scene. And the good news is this particular series, um, 10 episodes have been supported by our friends from Pamule, Mike Creative, and also Chindana. Thank you very much, guys, for paying the bills uh, and also promoting uh, the uh, podcast itself. Thank you so much. All right, my guest for this particular episode. Uh, if you're in the indie scene and uh, you've been traveling around checking out gigs, you definitely would have stumbled upon this particular dude or his band. And uh, he's he's no new kid on the block. He's definitely no new kid on the block. He's been in he's been around for a very very long time. And I tell you one thing that uh, uh, kind of reminded me of my good old days there is because uh, one of the record labels that he was attached with. Um, we'll talk about that in the podcast. We'll find out more. But uh, let's bring on Aslan Ramli from the Aslan Ramli Quartet. How are you, dude? Hey, Nav. Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. And you? I'm doing great. I'm pretty surprised I'm actually having a recording at 10.30 a.m. Uh, rarely I do that. I had one few weeks back. The last week is it. And uh, this is my second time doing it this early, which is kind of nice, yeah. actually. I think you should start doing more of this. Well, uh, this it's hour. It's it's quite practical. Usually, um, you know, after eight, I, I get really busy. So ah, <laughs> morning, okay. yeah, morning is is nice and relaxed. Coffee, you know. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. good. Busy is good, man. I for me, I, I kind like I said earlier, I kind of lost track of time of what's going on. It's like the moment you wake up till you go to bed at two, three o'clock in the morning. It's like yeah. it's been nonstop. So, uh, doesn't really make a difference on my side. But this, <laughs> it feels good though. The early morning coffee, uh, not after 15, 20 coffees. Dude, I, earlier before I, uh, in the intro of my show, I said that you are no new kid on the block. And the reason being is because I saw one of your, uh, you, you sent me your profile and I saw the two labels that you attached with. It was Positive Tone and Polygram. Those yeah, two names I have not heard in centuries, man. Well, they don't exist anymore. So. Yeah, exactly. Positive tone, okay, here and there, but the name Polygram, oh, dude, that is Otayla. That is Otayla. So you just got to give that Tabit, Tabit Spring. So that was a very, very long time ago. I remember working yeah. with them uh, for yeah. a couple of projects many years ago. And yeah, Polygram is one of so. We do not want to reveal it. <laughs> yeah. well, Polygram is the one that turned into universal music, right? That's right. Merger, yeah. That's right. And Positive yeah. Tone was focusing a lot on local artists. Uh, one right. thing about Nice about that particular label was uh, they had a lot of good talent in that that particular um, label, man. Amazing talents. Yeah, that, uh, it was amazing to be part of family. Although uh, uh, we signed with them only a distribution deal right at the time when uh, uh, EMI bought them. So we had EMI. Oh, okay, okay. Because the, that is the label that uh, revolutionized uh, the uh, in independent music scene or other the uh, local music scene, they brought in a lot of great acts, introduced them to the uh, the public, and uh, one thing led to another. Well, you had bands like OAG, um, 
let's see, Poetic Ammo and a couple of other guys. And of course, your previous band, of course, the was in the list. But who's yeah. your previous band? You'll find out in a bit from now. But first, I got to know everything there is to know about you because I've been curious. I've been um, watching a couple of your online shows. I've been following you on social media, checking out your tracks. Um, and I must say, I'm in love with the stuff that you've been doing and the energy you have on stage uh, during your performances and your bandmates. That's pretty Thank interesting. It is a concept that uh, we're going to discuss about that in a bit from now. But please, Azad, like, like we said earlier, Azlan Romney Quartet is a brand new act or rather brand new band for this year. But you have been in the scene for a very, very long time. Uh, what made you change from that to this? You mean from my old uh, sound to where I am now? Yeah, exactly. Jeez, right. um, a lot of things. First off, um, I was out of the scene for the longest time. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I was uh, uh, in, in my old band. That band was really a, a pop punk band. Um, I, I, I held down the bass duties, yeah. you know, um, helped create uh, our our. Oh, one and only album thus far. I think that band has not had any other albums after that. Um, and, uh, you know, high energy, really high BPMs. You know, um, yeah. I go up on stage 45 minutes and I'm drenched in sweat. Actually, I still am drenched in sweat every time I go yeah, on stage. I, I, I could see that. That has a change. And, um, but it was really, uh, uh, I, it was not really, you know, songs that I originated or I wrote. Right, and uh, I have a lot of songs myself. Right? Okay. I'm a songwriter, so when I came back to music a couple of years back, I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my songs." Right, and uh, so I came back. I started off in, back in the singer songwriter route. Um, they open mics and stuff, you know. And then uh, through that uh, scene, I met my current band members, and we decided to form a band. Um, and uh, we're playing mostly my stuff. Um, okay. I'm hoping to write a couple of songs as a band. I haven't done that in the longest time. That's always very exciting. Uh, but right now we're doing my stuff and okay. the band's creation is largely in the studio, uh, both recording and rehearsal studios when we are arranging songs. So what, what I really like to do with this band is I, I just bring in like, you know, this is the, the idea of the song. You know, I don't even do a proper demo. I just do an acoustic guitar, my voice. And then, hey, uh, uh, I mean, there are exceptions, but I try to do that. And then the band creates the, 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 the arrangement from scratch. That's my preferred way. Then I get okay. the best out of every band member. That's, that's awesome. Um, there are a couple of songs, uh, not released yet, which I did come with more or less an arrangement, you know, which I, I do here at home. And then, uh, and then the band reinterprets that. Also works out. Yeah. But, you know, okay. that's, that's the songs on that. Yeah. I don't know yeah, if I answered the yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> I think yeah, I think so. Okay, but, but but the thing is, from the the band that you were with before, the sounds of that particular band, um, I've noticed that you have not really carried that tone uh, for your current band itself. You have, uh, uh, I wouldn't want to use the word mellowed down. It's slightly, slightly. It is upbeat, yes, but it's not as heavy as what it used to be. So, sure. are you comfortable with that change or shift in pace, or more like oh. a style? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, um, it, it goes down to the, the songwriting itself and the okay. singing style, right? Um, I'm most comfortable 
singing soft voice mostly. So if you hear my song, all of the music is like really loud and happening, yeah. right? We think quite fast actually. Uh, a lot of songs I, I I tend to sing it in a soft voice, and it's quite interesting, right? So like um, a few weeks back, I was uh, we were playing at uh, Rumahapi, right? And Rumahapi tends to be very loud, um, and I was like, "Bully, okay, you know, in my soft voice in this venue, bully, why not? You know, I, right. I, I come close to the mic and and it comes out." Uh, and the choruses tend to be louder. Um, and th- that's just how I sing, right? It tends yeah. to be soft. Um, I, I'm more comfortable that way. And um, my songs tend to have uh, a melody which um, uh, lends itself better to a softer voice rather than a, a full chest voice. In fact, we just, uh, I was just in the studio a couple of days ago. We were recording our next single. And, uh, okay. and, you know, it's also a song which utilizes my softer voice. And uh, at the chorus, we were like, hey, this chorus is something else. So, you know, let's, let's, let's try my chest voice, right? And, you know, it booms up. I'm like, oh, okay, that's really loud. You know? <laughs> I'm not used to it. So that's what it is. It's not that I've changed style. It's, it's actually, that's my style. It's just not been okay. evident in my you last band. Yeah. In the band before that, when uh, I was with my previous band before the last band when we were signed Polygram uh, that one you can hear the soft voice as well so I haven't okay. really changed in fact we do play a couple of songs from that era which is quite interesting because uh, for those songs to be still relevant <laughs> it's bloody no, amazing but, but you'd be surprised from the era that you've been and the music currently is, is kind of like a cycle right now it's yeah. like coming back <laughs> if you listen to most of the bands um, alternative sounds or rocking sounds it's like hey I've heard this way back in the day you know, when I say way back in the day, I'm not talking about 50, 60 years ago. I'm talking about maybe plus minus uh, 15, 20 years ago. So it, it is coming back in a cycle, which is kind of refreshing at the very same time. So yeah. I guess the good part about having you in the scene is like you get the best of both worlds, the new school and the old school uh, together and yeah. reflected in your music itself. But your energy hasn't changed one bit when I see you perform on uh, on stage. That That remains all the way, man. But uh, coming up, working with the, your, your bandmates, because uh, your collaboration or rather your bandmates are quite interesting because they have their own bands individually. Uh, That's if right. You're, talking, you're, you're wondering who exactly is in the band. You have Shakir, you have Keith, uh, then you have uh, Ajang, right? Did I get the right? Ajang. Okay, so you have Ajang there, over there. And uh, I don't know about Ajang, but uh, Keith and Shakir, they have their own uh bands or rather the own style of music but but it it, it kind of uh, how do i say uh, switches from time to time i've seen them with your band i mean performing with you as one band unit then i see you performing alongside their bands from time to time That's and right. it's a mix and match so i'm I'm a bit confused on one thing does mm-hmm. this are uh, in any sort or any way ref- uh, affects your identity as your band itself, you're going on because it's it's like sometimes you just all you have to do is just swap places and boom, that's a different band altogether. You know that's how it looks like at certain times of it. But sure. for you, does it does it feel that way? Is that how uh, people perceive or audiences come on board? It's like, okay, who am I watching exactly today? Am I watching uh, uh, Azlan? Am I watching Keith? Am I watching Shakir? Who's who uh, for this particular day? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's a valid question. I get asked that a lot. Um, that's a that's a story behind it, right? We all met in the uh, in the singer songwriter scene, uh, okay, over the couple of years, right? 
and we started jamming together. And then uh, uh, I think the first person who amongst us, but before I go into the story, um, so that's how we met. And then the, uh, but the principle is this, um, it's not so much, uh, I, I don't know if you notice, if you listen to the three bands, right? My band, uh, Shaka's band is called The Rombongan. Uh, yeah. Keith's band called Keith and Casualties and he's got a new release uh, recently. <laughs> Check out that sounds really, really good. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Today. yeah. And um, so if you might, if you listen to all three bands, it's completely different. All yes, is. exactly. And uh, I find that amazing. And that's, I, I, I made a conscious decision to invite Shakir and Keith to join the Osnarmi Quartet or ARC, as I call it. Um, okay. It's a conscious choice because not only am I comfortable with them, I find they really complement each other. Uh, in some sense, they are quite opposite, right? So Shakir is the blues man. He's very soulful. Yes. Uh, not to say kids not soulful, but the soul is quite different, yeah? Um, it tends to be gentler. There's a lot more uh, uh, cleaner textures coming up from his guitar work and stuff like that. Uh, and he likes to play a stretch. So the sounds all very different. Um, and then, so if you listen to uh, uh, our songs, you, 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 if you hear like, um, like a cleaner, delicate guitar part, it's probably Shakir, right? Okay. Uh, Keith comes from the other side, right? So um, uh, Keith is, I call him our resident rock star, you know? He's like, <laughs> you know, if you check out our IG, you can see some of his pictures. He's this he has the package. Look, right? Yeah, he's got the package, right? Um, and his pastoral last fall prefers to, to go through a Marshall. He's got this huge rock sound. And I need that. I need that energy. Okay. Right? Um, and he's, they're both amazing guitar players. And uh, typically, I'm in the middle stage, right? And I would have Shakir on one side and Keith on the other side. And I tell you, in the middle of it, it's just, it's just like heaven. It's like nice. you fly out, right? And, and tying it all together is, is Ajahn. Ajahn. Ajahn is a very, very experienced drummer. She, um, her influences are world music. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, uh, she, uh, does a lot of session work as well. She, uh, uh, you know, does Latin music. She does rock. She does gospel. You know, it's totally versatile, like most drummers are. And and uh, in, in 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 art, she does rock, right? And uh, yes. it, it just works out very well because there's a lot of texture in her her rock thing. Um, uh, so like uh, in our song uh, released in June, June July, July. Uh, called At My Table. Now, that song was recorded by our old drummer before my band was formed, right? Okay. Uh, a friend called Sam. Uh, Sam Aiken, say Sam. He's, he's in the UK now. Uh, and uh, awesome drummer, right? Uh, and oh, very influenced by Afrobeats. And, you know, he, he has trouble playing a straight up rock beat because he's got <laughs> color and it's just nice, right? And so when we recorded uh, the song At My Table with Sam on drums, right? Uh, he, he was just dying and because I said, hey, uh, Sam, for, for the verses, can you just do a straight up four on the floor? And he just like, he was dying. And then on the third verse, he went off on this <laughs> reggae, not reggae, Afro rhythm. And like, you know, I said, Sam, you know what? The third verse sounds so good. Why did you just play the whole song? Right? Seriously. So, uh, bingo, bonus. Yeah. But then when Arjun joins the band, she learns the song and she interprets it her, her way. And because must remember she's uh, heavily influenced by world music. It's just so natural. It's like suddenly comes out and then he adds, she adds all this stuff and like, wait, 
do I have Archim Dietary or Stuart Copeland behind me? And it's like really amazing. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a nice feeling. And, and, and back to that. So uh, Keith's band, completely different sound, completely different vibe. He writes the songs, he sings it. And uh, in some, some of my gigs, uh, I, I spotlight the two, right? I said, we have so much talent, we might as well spoil and, and promote these two bands anyway, because they have amazing music themselves. So typically, if you come to our longer sets, uh, it, we, uh, when, when we have sets of you know, more than 45 hour plus sets, we, we do include uh, at least one key song and one uh, okay. track. And they say like it, a cross right? promo. Yeah, like a cross promo. Why not, right? And it's evident they sound different. And, and it's so funny. The last time we did that at, at Murder Korea, some of Keith's band members were in the audience and we did one of the bands like, yeah. And then, uh, you know, Ark uh, band members other than me and, and Keith like, yeah, yeah, I, I think we do it better than you guys. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just different. <laughs> it's funny. Um, yeah, I, I love it. Um, it does, uh, it might get confusing. So what we do is, the sound is already different, so that's cool. okay. Um, uh, what I try to do also is to have a different, <clears throat> different uh, kind of stage presence on on uh, every time I play. Um, okay. I can't really change how I play because that's inside me. How I move yeah. and everything, I, I can't change that. I'm not very conscious about how I do that's that. That's you. I anyway, change what I wear. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, you know. Uh, for me, this is not new. Uh, back in the old days when my old band was uh, distributed through PT, uh, okay. we, a lot of the underground gigs, uh, myself and, uh, uh, do you know Mokta Rizal? Yes, I know. Yeah, so Mokta was uh, Seven Colors' first drummer. Uh, he, and we record with him all the time right now at Isaac Music Studios. Uh, so Mokta and I actually joined uh, the late Hassan, um, uh, uh, we got so, uh, Hassan's old band, uh, yeah. in soft touch. And we, we do that. We, we, we yeah. so it's not something new for me. Uh, and when I remember in those days when I was playing in soft touch in the same gig <laughs> with my old band, <laughs> I would say, Oh, what do I do? Okay. Like, where hell? Now I'm in this yeah. guy, <laughs> but <laughs> it's not really much. Of this guy, so. <laughs> I try like a trialer. <laughs> Trala, you know. Trala. Uh, yeah, Trala, because uh, in the end, when I play with other bands, the whole point is to, to make that music as best as can be, right? And when the, not and to, have, the when not to overshadow in any way you are possible. No, not. Yeah. yeah. But the, the thing is, sir, now coming up with this younger, <laughs> of, uh, yeah, I hate using the word younger, but newer group and all, and in comparison with what you were experiencing through the years, I mean, you have seen, I've pretty much seen it all. It's like from the era of people going absolutely crazy during gigs. It's, it's a different feel. Uh, for those young ones, uh, not young ones, I don't want to use the word young. I don't want to use young. It's just feel old. I mean, for the uh, new phase of bands who have not experienced what gig was like back in the day, it was it's a different feel altogether. Uh, the the uh, mindset, how the whole thing worked. And um, no one actually cared about the publicity, much of it. Everybody was like, hardcore going into the disc to watch the whole show itself, in, even in terms of music coming out. How has it been different for you? I mean, you've seen both phases of it. How, in comparison, how is it different for you? Um, and that's an interesting question now because it's different and same at the same time. Um, okay. So how is it, let me start with how is it same. Yeah? Okay. How is it same is that 
um, you know, there's a lot of young energy at the gigs um, and they put heart and soul in it. I'm talking about both bands and audience and organizers. Um, and that's a huge DIY vibe to it still. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, back then, you know, people promote with paper flyers and, yeah. you know, uh, I remember I usually stayed back late in my day job. Uh, and my <laughs> boss like, well, wow, I was like very rajin, right? very hardworking, can stay back late. I'll, Actually, you know why? Because want to use the photo set machine now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I can use the photo <laughs> <copy> machine. <laughs> that that. Like big flyers, right? And yeah. now it's a lot simpler, obviously. You do have uh, some fancy flyers uh, on your PC and you distribute it all on your phone. Uh, uh, and uh, flyers are way more pro that way. Multimedia flyers. Like, but the vibe on the ground um, mm-hmm. uh, is similar. It's, to me, it's the same. In fact, uh, when I first came back into the scene, right, I went to uh, uh, an indie gig. And I'm like, like deja vu, you know, like, hey, hang on, hang on. This is, this is very familiar. Nice. Right? I've seen this before, right? Uh, you know, people are marching, people not giving, you know, not caring about whatever. This is going down and, 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 uh, and just getting into it, right? So that part is similar, right? Now, what's different? What's different is musicianship is a lot higher now, um, I must say. Yeah, it's okay. just it's, uh, better. Uh, I, I find that. Uh, uh, the, the new generation musicians um, from a technical perspective is a okay. lot better. Yeah. I'm not saying uh, that the music's better. That's subjective. I can't say. Okay. But technically, you can say. Yeah. Uh, so technically, they uh, tend to be more proficient. Um, there are more bands. Uh, in okay. fact, um, and then the use of technology is crazy, right? So uh, people make use of social media typically. Uh, and networks and communities are extended by technology. You know, you should do like that. And everyone's on, on mobile and it's on, on phone. Yeah. The it's very useful. Um, one thing that's very different, uh, and this is most evident recently in the past few months, and it's come to head now, I think, I feel, and I think okay. some might agree, I don't know if you, do, you would, is that after the, the pandemic lockdowns, right, this all this pent up energy, people can't go play gigs, can't go watch. And suddenly there's a huge supply. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, more than one person in the, in the industry have told me there's a, a slight oversupply. Right. Of course, when you talk about music shows, there's several different levels, right? You have your yeah. huge uh, arena style, yeah. zap style shows to down, all the way down to your tiny um, uh, studio uh, indie gigs. Right. And, uh, and at all levels, uh, there's a bit of an oversupply actually at this point in time. So people are yes. not, not, I wouldn't say, they're not consciously competing. If, you know, everyone just wants yeah. to go and no, have a good but, time putting it out there. But yeah. The thing about the indie scene, I'm not talking about the, the bigger players, I mean, the sure. big stage ones and all. Uh, the good part about the indie players, they're not really competing, yeah. but rather they just want to showcase their stuff. Because that's Absolutely. one thing I've observed very much in the indie scene. Everybody's very supportive of each other. Yes. Okay, that's I may not share your details. I may not share your shows or whatsoever. But there wasn't a t- uh, that the, my there isn't a mindset that oh man he's doing this I got to do this you know I got to be bring him down. No, that that kind of competitiveness is not there no. in the indie scene. There's one thing I've always appreciated that from even from back then also. It's like yeah. everybody's supporting each other. It doesn't that matter whose show it goes on. Yeah. Yeah. And that there's, there's always exactly. a, yeah. absolutely sorry, the same vibe. That's uh, yeah. one of the things I wanted, uh, that I mentioned earlier. It's absolutely the same vibe. And people really regard everyone as friends, right? 
um, if you recall subculture, that's how they, yeah. you know, that's how the guy addresses the, the, the audience. Hey, come on, come on, you know, that kind of thing. And it's still true. Yeah, they're very supportive because I've watched, uh, I've been at a couple of gigs, uh, I've been involved in a couple of them. In fact, uh, like there's one soundstage band competitions and so on. Uh, the oh, good yeah. part is this, like even bands, like if you have a following, uh, right after your act, the next act comes in, your followers remain there. They don't yeah. just leave that place. Okay, my band is done, so I'm done for the day. I'm not yeah. going to come back. But they actually stay on and support each other, which is a beautiful thing about the indie scene. I've always appreciated that very much. Uh, compared to the mainstream arena. That's one good part about this whole thing. And even when it comes to competition, it's competition, how to make it sound better, look better, and um, how to increase the followers more. That's about it. That's how I look at it yeah. uh, at the, for the indie scene, which, uh, which is great, man. Yeah, I don't even feel any competition, you know? Yeah, the, there uh, is. The, 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 um, the quote-unquote competition comes down only not because people want to compete, because people, all, everybody wants to play out as much as possible. And, you know, some weekends, in fact, all weekends now, there's going to be multiple shows. So if you're an audience, like, hey, where do I spend my 30 ringgit? Where do I spend my yes. <laughs> You only have so much money, right? <laughs> so. I had ex- the exact same conversation with Brandon De Cruz there on my previous episode. It's, it's one too many shows going on back to back. The, the cake, the slice of the cake is getting thinner by the day. It's like the options you have. Who am I to check out? This guy or the other guy? If I miss the show, would he come back again? Uh, so that's that's always a predicament. In my case, I end up not going anywhere. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but as a music fan, it's brilliant. Yeah, that's, it is nice to have the things like you 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 do. There's no lack of options for you over no, the weekend. I mean, I guarantee what, what you, this weekend there must be ten shows, man, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So which band you want to watch? When you know that kind of thing, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's awesome. and you have an option. So, for example, this uh, coming Sunday, we're playing uh, at Rumah Api and then a plug, right? And uh, yes, we're playing on site Zerophobia, we're playing on site Rans, Hey J, Rombongan, we're playing on site Parabola. Um, and uh, it's an afternoon Sunday gig. And okay. you, you, you haven't seen those in years, right? Uh, it used yes. to be the norm way back when, Sunday afternoon. So, so if you are a Zerophobia gang, a gang fan, for example, then, hey, do I watch Xerophobia at Roma Api or do I watch them at, at Rock the World? Okay. Week? Right. Got pluses and minuses, right? My, my advice is if you can afford it, go both. Lah, eh? <laughs> but, Have a sneak peek. Yeah, well, sneak peek, but you won't get as close to the band uh, at Rock the World True. as you at Roma Api. Lah. So it's, it's, uh, it's both ways. If you can afford it, go both because, you know, there's nothing like Rock the World. That's uh, I, I've been there before on the very first one so it's just an amazing experience but it's it's not as intimate as Murabi. so fans have that choice i think if you are a music uh lover the uh, indie but especially it's uh this is unprecedented times it's even uh more amazing than before in a sense because before it was like really underground people almost had to hide and looking for venues not yeah. easy very hard to find venues and, and stuff like that you know and uh and that's why usually you have it on sunday afternoons at that time yeah. now I would say now people are more open. Most shows are actually in the evening. My sense more natural laugh for music, right? People don't even wake up. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but I also wonder uh, as uh, as an indie performer, uh, you've been. I mean, you work hand up side by side with a lot of great bands and all. Do you all actually come up with the discussion, or have you all considered doing that uh, on working together? Like like for example, this particular Sunday, you're going to have a list, a series of bands coming along and performing. So even in your case, instead of just having one band, have two, three bands work together so you don't have to uh, 
I'll flood the market with too many shows on the same day. So it's like working hand in hand by with a couple of the bands organizing one gig. Do you all do that on a, on a regular basis or has that ever been done before? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, we, that's like the, the most common way we do it for okay. the independent shows. Yeah. Um, uh, I would say more often than not, there's a lot of advantages, right? So you, you, the, um, audiences for each band get to experience music that would, they would not have. To, okay. Right. Number one. And number two, uh, for the lesser known bands with a smaller following, they get the advantage of bigger exposure. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, and uh, and you, it's all about pooling resources and getting the most of it. And yes, um, I didn't think of it that way enough, but you're right. It does help consolidate uh, the bands and, and and the shows so that there's you know not crazy too many shows yeah. going on, and the market's only so big, right? So yeah, yeah, because you, when you have that oversupply, uh, then you know how the demand works after that. It's like the frequency. I mean, I, I appreciate having more shows because I, I love it. Yeah, I have it, but I'm also concerned that it will be over flooding the market. That's the only concern that I have. The exclusivity of a band uh, when it's, I mean, or rather shows, not band, but shows when it's too much, it's also a little scary on the long run. You know, it's like some people, some people say it's there already for the yeah. climb for KL, yeah? Uh, maybe not outside KL yet, but some people say we are already there at some, some kind of saturation point. But I think that's just a reaction of, uh, two years of pandemic and people you're like all this yeah. pandemic you just want to let do it. go let it all out yeah so i i think it will stabilize um i i it's more difficult more high risk more costly but i think um uh touring is another thing that uh bands don't do enough of it's just more yeah. difficult less practical but, but you know i i it'd be great if you can get into that kind of scene um like how uh, about you uh arc uh, do you guys yeah. i mean have plans apart from kl uh, I'm sorry to say this, but KL is a bit overrated with when it comes to shows. Like, it's like everybody else is dying for shows in different states, but nobody is going to their venue or not, rather, not, not as many as you expect. So, have you, do you have, you have plans of like going on different states and different tours or maybe performing in gigs in different towns? You know, have, have you ever planned that for your band? Oh, absolutely. Um, in August, we played uh, Joe, for example. Uh, that was fun. Uh, and in fact, the ambition then was to do uh, a Peninsula Malaysia tour. Uh, we we put that on hold for a while because um, I, you know we need to find a couple of bands with a decent nationwide following uh, that can make it viable. Yeah? Uh, yeah, or you know, I hope it won't have to wait till we build that following ourselves. You know, we <laughs> a new band. So, but yeah, that's the whole idea, um, and I think we can make it happen in twenty twenty three. Um, uh, no, we can start with something uh, not so ambitious, maybe four cities, you know, perhaps, perhaps, yeah, exactly. uh, JB uh, or five city JB, Malacca, KL, Ipoh, Penang, for example. That'd be amazing already. Um, nice, nice towns. Should, yeah, we should also include, uh, you know, Pantan. But, you know, again, um, it's, uh, it's something that needs to be planned carefully. I think uh, we can use what we do now, where we take in a few bands at the same time, mix it in some local bands, with whichever city we play in, stuff like that, and and have a, a real um, uh, good, uh, strong audience draw in the headliner, for example. That'd be great. And, uh, you know, I'd love to support that. I, I don't mind helping the organization, either, for sure. I mean, it would be great, uh, man. You will, you'll know best about how to run these things because 
I've noticed a lot of shows, like I said earlier, it's like I've seen everything, KL, Clang Valley, Clang Valley. It's like, I feel, come on, man, there's other bands, other states. You, that, yeah, right. you need to sh- showcase your your sound, your band too. It's like I said, just focusing it down here. Um, spread spread the fever, the indie fever all over. Because like like you said earlier, there are so many super bands in uh, different states and uh, having a collaboration on these shows would yeah. uh, further uh, bring up the whole scene itself. Yeah. But of course, it's always down to dollars and cents is the shows <laughs> or the ticket price and sales is it sufficient enough to uh, make it a comfortable profit for the bands and for their time and the effort yeah. they put in is it is yeah. it is it uh, good right now i mean the ticket sales and whatever you guys are charging uh, I, I don't know about the other bands but for us uh you know we, we feel like a startup where uh it's just a burn rate <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so you know i do the books for my band as well and uh you know I'm waiting to use blue ink. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is pretty scary. But I mean, I mean, seriously, I was like, I was talking to a couple of my friends who were, uh, I mean, uh, from the corporate side. I said, come on, it's, it's about time you just focus your energy on uh, the indie side a little bit uh, to see test waters and how you can spread the audiences because uh, the following is huge. You can't deny the fact that uh, the indie yeah. scene following is huge. The only problem is it's catted, so that is the only difficulties they face. But uh, hopefully, hopefully someday you are, they'll focus on sponsoring a lot of gigs here, there, and everywhere. But uh, yeah, gigs. Yeah, sorry, you saying? Oh, you, you mentioned positive tone, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, did you mention? Okay. Anyways, I did already. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was before Anyways, the conversation. They, they were masters at that. At uh, yes. Spots. They were really, really good at it. They knew how to do that. And as a result, uh, had some really good shows and it helped their bands, you know, reach a huge audience. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because just imagine this, uh, and I'm throwing your brand names down here. Even back in the day, you had brands like uh, Coke and Pepsi sponsoring for independent artists, a local scene back then. It's like, wow. Yeah. How did that even happen? You had big brands actually tagging along. Um, on uh, the, the local music scene, which is amazing. Their marketing uh, marketing template or their format was fantastic, man. Their Positive Tone did an amazing job. Hopefully someone can just pick up the, that base from there. Yeah. But uh, let's get back to your music right now. D-Mana, that is the latest uh, or re- recent single that you have released. I kind of like the cover for that, man. Thank you. That animated <laughs> thing is like, okay, I know this face, I know this face, I know this face. You, of course, <laughs> you cannot escape the hairstyle. <laughs> tell us a little bit more about this particular track no matter what is it all about and what inspired you to write the song oh, thanks uh demand is a, uh literally about searching as the title uh hints at it right so um I, I got the song in the middle of the night because i need to wake up to the bathroom and the chorus, <laughs> the chorus came up you just like just that. come up with weird time to write a song <laughs> <than> do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, less science, more art kind of thing. Uh, yeah, and, and then, you know, I was just walking by, like, not awake, probably hung. Like, oh, hang on. Oh, wait, it was my phone. And then I just <laughs> recorded my voice memo, right? And then went back to sleep. And then next day, that's it. And uh, it's really something that, uh, you know, probably something I've been thinking about a long time as a, as a topic, right? Um, uh, so Nev, I, uh, I left the music scene late 2000, long time okay. ago. And I was hibernating. Uh, uh, maybe I was a bit heartbroken of music. I don't know, but I, I just kept away from it for the longest time. 
And I was just also dying, right? It was, my soul kind of dies inside. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it's always been searching. That's what the song is about, really. Um, and uh, I'm glad that uh, I got a very good response to that. People tell me that they can relate to it and all that. That's nice. Um, because, you know, when you write a song, it means something to me personally. Uh, and to some listeners, it means something else altogether. Usually it's related, but... You know, I'm just so glad that it does that. But that's what it's about. It's about searching, uh, searching for what uh, true meaning for your life. Uh, And that's different for each individual, but that's bad song. Yeah. Nice. That's a very nice song. It's like, uh, well, now that you mentioned, I think I could relate to that in myself. Like every one of us, when you have, especially when you're in this this scene, uh, you have that gap. It's like, you can't let it go. Neither you can stay. And then when you come back, it's like, it's from the scratch. It's from scratch all over again and finding the right path to lead. Well, that's, that's not as easy as it sounds, man. No, dude. I mean, I had to start all over from bottom again, you know? I could imagine. <laughs> I was like, it's like when you, you send me the profiles at 2022, I said, dude, are you sure this is the right <laughs> one? Is it like typo or some printing <laughs> mistake? Am I seeing it right? Uh, 2022, uh, I mean, seriously, what made you decide to come back in 2022? Actually, I came so-called. back a couple of years earlier than that as a solo okay, singer. Okay. Yeah. But the band is 2022. Uh, okay, I, okay. I'm much more comfortable in band. I love playing in band. I love playing bass. And uh, if you, on a, you know, solo singer, sorry, to a bass, uh, not, as, not as fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I love the, the band, rock band energy. And I like my bands to be small. So that's why it's a quartet. Uh, okay. I, I was considering trio, but then. When I heard, uh, you know, before I found the band was asking uh, the band members to join, I know, Keith and Chucky, I cannot choose. I need both. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so. it's a tough choice, man. It's a tough choice. But I must <laughs> say, you you did the right pick, man. You did the perfect pick. I've listened to both of them. I've been following them for a while now, and uh, it's a good. It's a very very good choice. You have the right assemble. The Avengers have assembled in the right way. <laughs> That's how I can like. This is like how I like to put it. And shows. You have one coming up this coming Sunday, uh, which is at Bruma RP, and I'm pretty sure you have a series uh, going on in Mateka Raya also, right, in the next couple of weeks or so? Um, no, we played Mateka Raya uh, was a few weeks ago. Okay. Uh, yeah, a few weeks ago, and uh, we're playing in Ango next Friday. Ango, uh, sorry, I got mixed up. Ango, yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. So the yeah, whole Ango. list, I'll try to put the whole list on the webpage so you can follow <laughs> them and also link to Aslan's uh, social media page and you can find everything about it. But what are your plans for 2023? I mean, almost you're closing into the year, year end. And uh, 2023, what's the plan? What way you're planning to head to? The kind of music that you're playing, music that you're planning to come up with. Eddie, can you give us a sneak peek on that? Or give me the sneak sure. peek on that. Yeah, uh, we're recording already right now. In fact, it's uh, final stage. We've done the vocals. Uh, uh, there's a couple more things I want to do on it. Uh, before we go into mix, um, and this will be our first release for uh, 2023, either um, after Chinese New Year or, or early February. Um, and then we actually recorded another song in a different studio in parallel, so that'll be the okay. one following that up. And then I've already uh, plans for two more uh, songs after that. Uh, the only thing is, I want to change that plan a bit because uh, I want to have a bit more Malay songs. Um, this next one will be another Malay song, yeah, by the way. Um, some reason for that is uh, um, uh, I was quite surprised. Uh, Dimana has three times more listenership in Indonesia than in Malaysia. 
So I'm like, nice. oh, this is pretty cool. <laughs> so, um, tour, tour in the map, tour, arc in Indonesia, tour. <laughs> yes, actually, um, we're trying to figure that out. Um, uh, so, you know, we're reaching out to uh, friends in Indonesia. And uh, guys, if you are from Indonesia and listening to this, please uh, reach out to me directly via NAV. Um, I'd love to talk to you figure out how we can play out in the uh, Indonesian venues. Uh, in, maybe even a tour, that'd be great. It'd be fantastic to support uh, an Indonesian band. I have the utmost respect for Indonesian bands. Uh, uh, I, I think you've probably heard this before now, but Malaysian musicians are usually in awe of uh, <laughs> Indonesian musicians, right? They're like amazing. Right? So, You'd be surprised. Uh, Another thing, if you're going to perform there, you're going to love the crowd over there too. It's different. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure you experienced it before. It's like, the thing is like, for those who haven't experienced that before, try doing a show in Indonesia. You can see the depreciation level is totally different, man. Yeah. So 2023 in a nutshell, expect uh, more Bahasa songs. Uh, I'm writing more. Dimana, by the way, was the first Bahasa song I wrote from scratch. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, as in not translated or whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm getting the hang of it and I love it. And, uh, and, and, and rediscovering my roots, I guess. So yeah, there's this more. So 2023, there's a lot more of those songs. And we're thinking of actually um, uh, uh, shows outside KL uh, in other cities in Malaysia and uh, hopefully in Indonesia itself. Yeah. Nice, man. Nice. I so look forward for that. And uh, once again, it looks like I am a fan of another band in my list. 2022, my gosh. I've been, I've been becoming fans of so many bands. You guys are awesome, man. You guys are freaking awesome. <laughs> I just love not, not, not only your music, uh, I mean, the effort that you put in and the dedication you have towards your music, your shows, it's fantastic. I always appreciate that very, very much. It's, it's not easy as it sounds or it looks. So for those listening to this particular podcast, remember, bands are not just about the music. There's a whole lot of work behind the scenes uh, which they put up in order to uh, come up with this music and come up with the shows. So the best way you can do uh, what you can do is to support them. There's so many ways. Either you watch the shows, listen to the music, and if you can't do either one of those, the least you can do is share the events and share the music. That's that's the most important thing. And among the, cir- uh, the circle itself, the independent scene, share your bandmates or your, your colleagues or whoever you can think of. Share their stuff. I don't see you guys doing much of that. Do it, do it as much as you can, man. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for really that shout out, Nav. Thanks. Yes, hey, um, I want to do yes, a, a shout out for my old band. Is that all right? Yes, go ahead. So, you know, this past month, there's a lot of releases. You know, I mean, uh, my band has Dimana. Go check it out. Uh, uh, it's on all the digital platforms, Spotify, stuff like that. I, I have a, a DIY lyric video on YouTube as well. Uh, and uh, people kind of like it, which is. Strange is done right here. So. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so that's our own release uh, for this past month. Um, I mentioned Keith and Casualties. They released a song called Ever Comes to the Amazing Song. Yes, uh, I heard that. This song. Shaki in the past month actually released, uh, well, I do with my two songs. One's a bit, one of them is Spencer, and one another is a song that will make you cry. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. My old band, Spunky Fungi, uh, r- released their first song in 22 years. <laughs> Whoa, that Call is a, a very life. long time, man. Go, go check it out. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Since I mentioned the other band, that's uh, one of the best times of my life. Awesome. Uh, in fact, art covers a spunky song. Uh, 
uh, in, our, in our sets regularly because just because the band members love the song. So, okay, fine, let's do it. <laughs> still family, still family. <laughs> I'll put all the links you can think of, every single song there from Spotify to YouTube videos. Uh, all the links will be available on the web, uh, website page. So do check it out, all the links you need to know. And please like it, share it, and spread the word, man, as much as possible. Azlan, thank you so much for taking the time and waking me up on our Tuesday morning, <laughs> <laughs> which I like. I like. I got to start doing more of this uh, at this hour, actually. And thank you so much. I wish you all the best in your journey. Uh, congratulations on your brand new single and uh, best of luck in your upcoming shows for this Sunday, next week, and of course, next year. It's going to be a wonderful yeah. one, man. Is there anything else, you, anything else you'd like to add on? Uh, just lots of thanks uh, to you, Nav, to everyone out there in the scene. I know, uh, like Nav said, uh, all in all, in general, people are very, very supportive and just want to see the, the whole, the entire scene go out together, right? Um, I love that. Let's keep that vibe. Let's uh, just keep it real as well. Let's just, uh, and, uh, let's do it. Let's just do it. I love it. <laughs> nice. All right. I hope I can check you guys out this coming Sunday. Uh, this oh, coming Sunday is going to be, it's going to be at Ruma Api, right? What time yeah. is it again? Two o'clock. No, it's uh, yeah, not as early as uh, the the old uh, uh, tea dances. Uh, it starts at five. Okay. Uh, yeah, and uh, Nav, if you come, I'll give you a band T-shirt. Nice. I wish you had the size, <laughs> my size, which I doubted very much. You know, I've been craving for, I've been begging bands to print out a double XL or triple XL or five XL, but nah, all the T-shirts end up being singlets or strictly for display purposes only. Hopefully, this one. Man. <laughs> sexy my god this one like Tara Liat putting a t-shirt <laughs> but I will I will try to make it this coming Sunday because the lineup that you mentioned and your band performing it's something that's not to be missed so I'll try to drop by as uh, fingers crossed fingers crossed fingers crossed so I'll try to check you guys out there Zazan, thank you so much man I'll have Thanks a chat so with much. you uh, hopefully not too long no big gap hopefully soon yeah take care man take care